Hello and welcome. My name is Pastor Shane Britt, and it is such an honor to have you join our podcast today. I pray that you will find something uplifting and encouraging in the word you are about to hear. Also, please feel free to connect with us via Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. I'm so excited about what you're about to hear. Let's dive right into the Word of God. Good morning, everyone. Come on into the sanctuary. Glad to have each and every one of you this morning. Amen. How many are thankful to be in the sanctuary today? That God woke you up this morning, gave you breath in your body. Can we just lift our hands and invite His presence into this place? Father, we thank you for another day to live and to praise your wonderful, mighty name. Thank you for the goodness of God. Thank you for your kindness. Lord Jesus, we ask that you would anoint our ears. Lord, anoint, uh, anoint the speakers today, the singers, the service. In Jesus' name we ask. And everybody said amen. Praise God. Good to have you this morning. What a beautiful day it is to be alive you have your Bibles, want to jump right into the lesson. Amen. We have been hearing some, some awesome and tremendous lessons on the new birth, and I just want to sort of tag in, and by no means somewhere, I want to fall right in the middle of everything that's going on, and the Word, and we have a lot to uh, a lot more coming our way, and I'm looking forward to that. Enjoyed what I've already heard, Amen. Thank you, Brother Cameron, for for sharing uh, the lesson last Sunday, and I look forward to uh, the other speakers uh, that are headed our way. To in, turning in the Bibles to Second Samuel chapter nine, verse one. I want to start reading the Word of the Lord. Very familiar story of David and Mephibosheth. And if you can say that word about five times, amen, you'll be a you'll be a pretty good speaker. So just give me some latitude if I trip over that name a few times. We're, we're just gonna call him Shep. And David said, 2 Samuel 9 and 1. Is there yet any that is left of the house of Saul that I may show, excuse me, that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? And there was of the house of Saul a servant whose name was Ziba. And when they had called him unto David, the king said unto him, Art thou Ziba? And he said, Thy servant is he. And the king said, Is there not yet any of the house of Saul that I may show the kindness of God unto him? And Ziba said, or Ziba, however you pronounce it, said unto the king, Jonathan hath yet a son, which is lame on his feet. And the king said unto him, Where is he? And Ziba said unto the king, Behold, he is in the house of Maker, the son of Amiel. 
And everybody say, in Lodabar. Amen. I want to end there. It's a little different from this pulpit. I was trying to remember the last time I taught was behind the other pulpit, so there's sort of a glare, and I'm having to get used to it, so please forgive me. But I want to talk to you for the next few moments on this lesson text. Welcome to the family of God. Welcome to the family. I wonder if we could just raise our hands right now and just declare these words, welcome to the family of God. If you're a part of the family, welcome to the family of God. We want to make that declaration this morning. Let every spiritual ear hear when we make that declaration this morning, welcome to the family of God. Within every human being, there is a need to belong, a I personally need you as a family. I need this church. I need this community. The bond from one person to another is necessary. How many believe that this morning? It's essential to both our physical and our mental and our emotional health. But much more, Brother Tannery, it is crucial and critical to our spiritual health as well. Webster's Dictionary defines an orphan as a child that is deprived by death of one or usually both of the parents. Adoption means legally made the son or the daughter of someone rather than a biological parent. Orphans hope and need to be adopted. When children lose their parents, there's a connection to family that is lost. There's a connection to happiness and health that is also lost. Unless they are adopted by a loving and a nurturing family, the connection may never be regained. The World Orphans Organization reports that there are 140 million orphans in the world. That means that 140 million young children need a family to have them and believe in them. No matter where they came from, they need a family. No matter what they look like, they need a family that will just take them as they are. A parent that will focus not necessarily on their past, but will focus on their future, will focus on their happiness, Brother Jonathan. And they will also focus on their healthiness so that one day they in turn will raise children who will do the same. Just like physical orphans, and I thank God for the families in this church that have adopted and have fostered. I believe I was talking to Brother Kuhorn one evening, and he, he was explaining to me what it, how it works when you're fostering a child. You've got to be ready and, and spontaneously uh, reactive when you get a phone call. It may be in the middle of the night that they may have you come and pick up a child. And so I begin to apply that spiritually. We are... We are all spiritual orphans. It may be day, it may be night when we need that love, that nurturing.
We need a spiritual family. It may be 2 o'clock in the morning. And I may need that family. I may need that friend, that dial-a-friend card and take the opportunity to connect. Take the opportunity to nurture or to be nurtured to, to protect or to be protected and to provide. Now, we've heard in the past few lessons and even messages that have been preached by a pastor on the tabernacle, how to be born again. And I'm tempted to just stay in that vein, and that would be just an easy candy cane to pull out right now and, and talk about water baptism in Jesus' name and then filling of the Holy Ghost. But I've been tasked this morning to welcome those that have been filled with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost who have been baptized in Jesus' name. I've been tasked to welcome you to the family of God. I wonder if we could just clap our hands and, and as we welcome each and every one to the family of God. You are my sister and you are my brother. There's nothing that we are not able to accomplish being a part of the family. There's something strong about family. Amen. We can go rejoicing even when the times are low. We can go rejoicing, leaping, praising God into the sanctuary today. I don't know what you had to go through here this morning, but I look across this, this congregation and I see a lot of couples. You encouraged each other to come to the house of the Lord this morning. You encouraged each other. It was like iron sharpeneth iron. It was a connection that was made. And you came rejoicing. I hope you did. I hope you came rejoicing. I hope you came with happiness. Amen. And then I know that there are those that came. It took all week. It took everything within your power to get here this morning but you made it to the sanctuary. And that I want to clap my hands and say, welcome once again to the family of God. Is there anyone that agrees with me today that we are a family of God? Praise God. Now, Mallory, I know when you woke up this morning, you told Tanner, I just can't wait to talk about Mephibosheth. And, and, and Tanner, when he maybe took his second toss in the bed. He said, well, my favorite chef, what are you talking about? <laughs> amen, amen. I was going to pick on pastor, but he's not here this morning. But uh, amen. There's some pretty good chefs in the building this morning. There's a lot of folks that they, they like to eat what the chef prepares. But I want to talk to you about Mephibosheth. Now, when you meet Mephibosheth, it's sort of like jumping into, I guess, what I call the last 20 minutes of the movie. The question is asked of David, is there anyone of the house of Saul? And uh, Ziber throws up his hands and says, I know, I know a man by the name of Mephibosheth where he lives. And so we, at the end of this, of this movie, Mephibosheth returns from Lodabar, a little town on the outskirts of Jerusalem, and is brought, or the Bible says, fetched to the palace for David to show his kindness towards and lives out the rest of his days eating in the palace, eating continually at the king's table, along with all the deeds and all the estates and all that belonged to Saul 
that was given to Mephibosheth. And that's the end. That's the end of the movie. But you've got to go back to the beginning of the story. You see, you don't know how the movie began or you don't know where I came from or how my story begins. I had to endure to get to the place where the king dwells and the blessings of God dwell. You see, you see me as a prince here living in the palace, but you've got to go to 2 Samuel chapter 4, verse 4, and see the beginning of this story. In 2 Samuel in verse 4, you see not a prince, but you see an orphan. The Bible says, and Jonathan Saul's son had a son that was lame of his feet, and he was just five years old when the tidings came of Saul and Jonathan out of Jezreel, and his nurse took him up and fled, and it came to pass as she made haste to flee that he fell and became lame. And the Bible says his name was Mephibosheth. You got to go back to this scripture. You got to realize that he was part of quite the lineage. He was the, his father was Jonathan, his grandfather was Saul, the first king of Israel. He had purpose. If you could just hear him as he is processing his thoughts, I, I had purpose, I had potential in my life. But it was all stripped away in one single battle in haste because of. A situation that happened in my father's disobedience. My grandfather, I too had to run because that same enemy, that same weakness that destroyed my family, that took them out in one day was now coming after me. I wonder how many sons of alcoholics and sons of junkies and, and, and sons of, 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 of people, parents who just fell to spiritual weaknesses and, and disobeyed and, and it destroyed them. It took them out and now they are on the run. and Now they are running for their lives. And, and so in the process of running, he finds somebody who is supposed to be his nurse. He's not running fast enough. Somebody is there. I call it the arm of flesh. Somebody is there to swoop him up and he puts his trust, somebody that was supposed to nurture him. Somebody he was supposed to trust. Somebody that he was supposed to rely upon. And then in the process of running, the nurturer, the servant falls. Hence, he falls and becomes crippled and lame. And now he's thinking, my hope, my dreams of ever regaining my connection is shattered because I was simply dropped and it wounded me to the core. There's not a book in this world. Some of you stand or sit here today. There's not a book in this world nor a movie that can be produced by Ridley Scott that can describe what you have had to go through in order to get here today. Do I have any witnesses? Amen. You came here, maybe your first service, you came in, or you had to be carried here. As the Bible says, somebody had to go get you, pick you up, told you, get in the car, get in the van. I'm taking you to the 
to the palace. I'm taking you to the sanctuary. I'm taking you where the king of kings dwells. And you said, no, I'm crippled. I'm lame. Your excuse, your disability, the disability that, that uh, Mephibosheth had was his excuse to say, I can't do anything. I can't go anywhere. You see, that disability, a man, was not of his choosing. That cripple, that crippleness, that was not his choice. He was just simply dropped along the way. On that tragic day, his life began to change completely. Mephibosheth was lifted. He had to be carried from the palace. But let me just go ahead and tell you, whatever that, wherever that palace was, if you had to be carried out, if you had to be lifted up, God is here to carry you back. God is here to lift you up. Amen. He's here to bring you back to the palace. He's here to bring you back to the table. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And though he had to be lifted up and carried to a town called Lodabar, as a young boy, he would, he would begin to learn to live with his disability that he never chose. His disability, listen to me, a disability, a, a, his lameness, his crippleness, it was not of his choice. And you say, man. Lodabar comes from the original word, Debar, which was a town that was conquered after Joshua conquered the city of Jericho. Debar means a place of word or bread or thing, a place of pastures. It was one of the refuge cities uh, that was assigned to the Levitical priesthood, as we read in the earlier books in the Old Testament. It was also one of the cities conquered and subdued by Joshua. But somehow through the history of time, the name was changed to Lodabar. The town is now mentioned in 2 Samuel as being the home of Amuel. The prefix lo is a negative connotation, thus the term Lodabar would mean now instead of a place of the word meaning no word or no thing or just a nothing town. In the English translation, we would just simply say it like this, it was the middle of nowhere. But then came the king's messenger knocking on Mephibosheth's door. It's something else when the messenger comes knocking on your heart's door. Amen. A place where there was no more bread. A place where there was no more word. A place where there was just simply nothing. Can you imagine the thoughts that was racing through Mephibosheth's mind? What does King David want of me? Is he after my life so that I am not a threat to him? I can't even run. I can't even fight. I'm no threat to the king. Just let me be. The king doesn't want me. I've been through too much. I am lame. And it's just something that, that happened that was not of my choosing. It, it, it baffles me when I read this story in my mind as, as he uses the disability that, that he never chose. 
And then later on, he uses it as an excuse not to come to the door. Something that you never chose. Many of our excuses to not come to the sanctuary are based off of situations that were not of our choosing, that were never meant to be. And God sees that, and he already has a plan for your life. He already has a road map to get you back to the palace. So I even bring up the excuse. You have no excuse because Jesus has already paid it all. He's already conquered your Lodabar. Amen? He's already conquered the middle of nowhere. You could go to the furthest end of the, of the earth, and there you will find He's there. He's always there. Praise God. And though He felt like He was a nobody, that knocking continues, and the invitation it still awaits His response. Can I ask you a question? Can you recall the feeling when you realize God really loves you? Upon entering the palace, Mephibosheth humbly bows before the presence of the king. He's surprised to hear David's tone. It's not a, an angry tone. You know, it was the custom for the king in that day to subdue all of his enemies. And it would, have been, it would have been a normal thing for King David to just completely wipe out the seed of Saul because of their, their disobedience. But surprisingly, this was not his motive. This was an act of kindness for Jonathan's sake because that was his best friend. And he said, I will restore all the land of Saul, thy father, and thou shalt eat bread at my table continually. In 2 Samuel chapter 9 and verse 8, Mephibosheth, he lifts his head and looks at David and answered, what is thy servant? In other words, who am I? Who am I that thou should look on me such a dead dog as I am? <laughs> In other words, I have nothing to offer He's, he's there. I don't have anything to offer you. I came from Lodabar. I came from the place where there is no more bread. But little did he know he was looking at a king who had been born in Bethlehem, which meant the house of bread. It was the house of bread that was taking bread to the places that there were no bread, Brother Paul. He was the light that was taking light to the places where there were darkness. Perhaps maybe while he was living in a place of no more pastures, Brother David, maybe David on the other side was writing his Psalms, the 23rd Psalms. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Oh, I remember there's a place called Lodabar. <laughs> Amen. He's here to bring greener pastures to a place where there are no more pastures. He's here to bring communication to a place where there is no more communication, where nobody can hear you. You're just a nothing. You're just a dead dog. Amen. And as David was sort of a metaphor, he's the, he's the character other than Jesus that is talked about the most in the entire Bible, David. The type of Jesus, David was a priest. 
Did you know that? After the order of Melchizedek in Hebrews, he's listed along with Samuel and Moses. He's also a prophet. There's, there, there's, there's all kinds of prophecies in Psalms about, about how he shall be hung on a tree and not a bone in his body will be broken. And then David rises to become king. He is anointed to be king. So he is a prophet and he is a priest and he is a king. And it's no coincidence, no mystery that Jesus Christ himself would be born in Bethlehem, the house of bread, and he would become the living bread for all. He would also become a prophet of the ages. He would also become our high priest. Amen. Whereby we have access now to the holiest of holies. Amen. We know him as our high priest. And all we have to do is offer him as our living sacrifice. And he takes us in. And now we can go into the holiest of holies. Now we can come out and become a joint heir unto Christ. We can become an heir to his throne. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He is our prophet. He is our priest. He is our king. And David was trying to show this to Mephibosheth. We really, really, really never know people's story you may look at some here today and I could call some names I'm going to If there, are y'all able to display the pictures it's been a long time some of you here today have testimonies and we look at you here today and you're all suited up and you look nice and you've even, some of you have even stood behind this pulpit and shared the lesson but God has brought you a long way. It's been a long time since Lodabar. And if they're able to, they're going to show some before and after pictures. And when, and when they do, when they begin to display those pictures, I just want you to think of the goodness and the kindness of God. There's one right there. It's been a long time since Lodabar, Brother Jeff. It's been a long time, but such a dead dog was I. I wasn't worthy. But Jesus, the King of Kings, made a way of an escape. Brother Chris, it's been a long time. You were dropped. You were disappointed. You were told you'd never make it. I've known you for a long time. There were times I looked at you, and I thought, man, that guy needs a new pair of shoes. Probably couldn't go out and buy him some, but look at the blessings of God and the rewards that God has given him. You don't know his story. You don't know this couple's story right here. Amen. All I got to tell you, there's some things if I were to say behind this pulpit, they'd probably come kill me, the people he were connected with. But why don't you just sit down with them and talk to them, let them tell you their story. There's not a movie that can produce how good God's been to that couple right there. Amen. Can somebody clap your hands unto the Lord? Praise God. They're going to show some more. But when we were born, we were born spiritually lame. You'll see the pictures on the screen there. In Psalms chapter 51, verse 5, we were shaping in iniquity. Look at there. There's a couple that goes way back in the day. Could probably tell you more stories than all of us put together. When they came into this world, they, they were shaping in iniquity. But God had a plan for their lives. Can somebody say Amen. I, I, I hear, I hear uh, every day somebody always reminding me, my wife reminded me, hey, you were born in sin and shaping in iniquity. Don't forget that. <laughs> but there's still hope, amen. 
I stand here today. There's still hope. It was passed on from generation to generation. From the Old Testament to the New Testament. The disability was not of our choosing. And I refuse to let sin have its debilitating work in my life. I'm coming out of hiding. Amen. And living in my and living out my life in Lodabar. I choose not to live in Lodabar. I've made up my mind to be a part of the family of God. Can somebody clap their hands if you're thankful to be a part of the family of God? We have couples who were born in shaping in iniquity that are now pastoring now. They're missionaries. They're home missionaries. They're, they're, they're winning souls. They're, they're making an impact. They're getting so close to the fire that their garments smell like smoke, but they're there to pull somebody so close to the flames of hell back out of Lodabar and say, go with me to the palace. Come with me to the sanctuary. Amen. This is not, this is not the only place you can come. God has His, His places set up all over this world. Amen. But there we need to find a place that preaches Jesus' name, baptism, Holy Ghost and filling. Amen. If we're ever going to come to come to know Him and know His purpose and His plan for our life. Don't try to figure out how God's going to do it. God had a plan. Everybody say, God had a plan for Mephibosheth and He has a plan for you to bring you up out of your mess and turn it into a message. God sent a messenger to the house of Mephibosheth, but God has sent himself as a messenger, and he came in the person of Jesus Christ. The death, the burial, the resurrection. Amen. <clears throat> His resurrection is now, is how we can be ad adopted into the family of God. We repent of our sins. We are baptized in Jesus' name. We receive the Holy Ghost. With speaking in other tongues, we are sealed and we are adopted in Him. Galatians chapter 4 and verse 3 through 5, and I'm winding it down. It says, even so we, when we were children... We're in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law to redeem, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Everything changes when we are born again. We become the sons and daughters. Everything changes. I like what Titus chapter 3 says and, and verse 4. But after, after that the kindness, after that the kindness and love of God, our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness. Now, now you got to go back to where David said in 2 Samuel chapter 9, and David said, and is there yet any that is left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness? 
And then we go back to Titus where not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he hath saved us by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. It's the kindness of God. I know we sing about the goodness of God, but it's the kindness and the goodness of God that comes running after me. It comes running after me. The Bible says that David commanded the servants to go fetch him. Now, that's one thing to go fetch a, a little five-year-old, but when you've got a grown man, there's something that happens when you've got to carry a grown man. A grown man it says that it, it, it doesn't feel right when I've got... Brother Jonathan, it wouldn't feel right if you had to be carried here. It wouldn't feel right if, if somebody had to go fetch me and bring me here. It wouldn't feel, it'd be awkward. I wouldn't be used to it. But that's where we've got to say, hey, no matter how uncomfortable the situation is, I've got to make it to the palace. Regeneration means to be formed or created again. And, and we, we run from our old life of guilt and shame into the arms of God. We have an eternal place at His table. Galatians 4 and 7 shows us what kind of privileges are headed our way. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for the privileges? Are you ready for the rewards? Amen. It's been a long time since you've left Lodabar. You had to go through a lot to get here. Even if somebody had to carry you to get here today, but you made it to the sanctuary. Here's what's coming down the road. Wherefore thou art no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Can you honestly say you see yourself? as God sees you right now. Can you honestly say that? Can you see yourself a son? Can you see yourself a daughter? An heir of God. That's what he tells us in Romans chapter 8, verse 16. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit. But Chris, we're not going to know this. We're not going to try to figure this out and try to work our way through this. The only way we're going to know is when we connect ourselves with His Spirit. Because the Bible tells us that when we do, His Spirit will bear witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. That's how you'll know. So if you're struggling knowing that, there's a solution. Get filled with the Spirit today. Get connected to His Spirit today. Amen. Maybe it's been a long time since you've prayed through. Pray back through here today. Speak in other tongues here today. Get a refilling, as we call it, growing up. Get a refilling of the Holy Ghost. Dad, you always taught me it's time to go get a refilling of the Holy Ghost. Your spirit's not right. It's not bearing witness with His Spirit. Go down to the altar and get refilled with the Holy Ghost again. Get it all over again if you have to. Do the first works over again. Whatever you've got to do. Because when you do, His Spirit will, make, will bear witness with your spirit that you are the children of God. And if children, then heirs. And heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. And if so, be that we suffer with Him that we may also be glorified together. He suffered, we'll suffer. 
He told his disciples, they hated me, they're going to hate you. They persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. Amen. But just remember this, you're a child of mine. I've adopted you. You are a part of my family. Amen. You are a part of my family. Did you know that Lodabar was conquered by Caleb? It was, they say, they give credit to Joshua, but Joshua said, Caleb, you're my friend. You're the only one that believed with me when we came out of the land of Go- when, uh, the, the Canaan land. Why don't you go over there and conquer Lodabar? You remember this, Brother Tanner? And, and Caleb got pretty smart. He had a beautiful daughter, and she was being looked upon by some very handsome men. And he said, I'll tell you, the guy that gets the hand of my daughter will be the one that will conquer Lodabar. And Othniel said, man, I want that gal. I want her for myself. And I wish I could do that. <laughs> I got one that's 20 years old, and they're buzzing all around her, all the way from Pennsylvania. Go conquer that city, and you can have my daughter's hand in marriage. Let me just tell you something. He's already conquered Lodabar. He's already taken it. Amen. And guess what? He gets the gal. I said he gets the gal. He gets the bride. Who is the bride? Say, that's me. I'm the bride of Christ. Can you stand to your feet? I'm a child of the King. I've been blood-bought. I've been purchased. We are His bride. And He has taken the city, so He gets our hand. Amen. That's something to rejoice about. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. One of my favorite scriptures says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. He's going to give you an expected end. I want you to stand upon that today as we get ready to enter this next service. Stand upon this thought that God already has an expected end for you. Whether it be spiritually, whether it be emotionally, Some of you are looking for adoption right now. You're looking to belong. You're looking to connect. And he sees that. He knows you have that in mind. He's ready to give you that expected end. The great experience of being born of water and of spirit is only the beginning of the blessings. The Lord has so much in store for you and I here today. As much as I've tried to communicate this morning the kindness and the goodness of God and being welcomed into the family, God has great plans and desires for us to live as His bride, to live as His child. You still have to make a choice today. As much as I have communicated to you and tried to get this point across, you still have to make a choice today. Are you living in the full hope of His promises that He has for you in His Word? Let's lift our hands and glorify Him. Thank you for your Word. God, prepare our hearts as we enter into this next service. Help us to know that we are already welcomed, that the knock has already been sent, the messenger is calling, the invitation awaits, and all we have to do is respond. 
and decide to follow you in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Don't forget your children if you have them in classes. I don't know if they're being dismissed or going straight into Rise Up, but just remember. We'll see you back here at 11. God bless you.